Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. Our guest today is Terry Brown, uh, who is a big presence on Cubs Twitter. He also hosts a talk uh, podcast about the University of Kentucky, so I let him pitch that a little bit too, but we talk a little bit about the Cubs, what little news there is about the Cubs, uh, John Lester leaving mainly, and then we talk a little bit about Hank Aaron, and then just as a, maybe just a treat for me and Terry, we talk about the Lakers, who I'm a Lakers fan, many of you might not know that, but I am, so we talk about the Lakers, and yeah, I think it's a pretty good conversation. Uh, Terry, very interesting guy, and very fun to talk to, and here he is. Well, Terry, welcome to Holy Cow, It Comes Podcast. Glad to have you on. Thanks for having me. So, I guess the big story for the Cubs right now is um, John Lester signed with the Washington Nationals. I mean, I think we were pretty much expecting him to go somewhere, but there is a big controversy because it came out he wanted to stay on the Cubs, was willing to take less, and the Cubs never really offered him. So, I mean, should we be pissed off about this? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. Just what he meant to the organization, obviously 2016 is the high water mark. Uh, and everything, but a lot of times what happens with franchises, particularly ones like the Cubs, is you you don't have to be good to be profitable, mm-hmm. right? And you look at, like, the Cubs, uh, you know, the Yankees in baseball, uh, the Lakers and the Celtics mm-hmm. in the NBA, and they can print money because fans will come to Wrigley Field no matter yes. what. You know, fans will go to Yankee Stadium no matter what. So you can still keep the prices high. You know, the Cubs mm-hmm. ticket prices are near the top of Major League Baseball. And the Ricketts can pull in money without stealing a competitive team. Yes. So as, as fans, you're kind of you're kind of stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I've talked to other folks like, oh, you know, well, the people aren't going to go to Wrigley. You know, people are still going to go, right? Yes, no one's giving up their tickets to go it's like uh, you look at the new york knicks and the nba mm-hmm. they've been dreadful for 30 years but spike lee and the the stars still show up yes. right so you can you can keep bringing in money you can keep bringing in tv money and you don't have to field a competitive team so diehard fans are left holding the bag right and that's what this lester situation feels like yeah it really does and i mean obviously we got it now his career with the Cubs, everything you could have wanted. And it's just, there's been so many tributes and stuff on Twitter and stuff, but I just want to add to this podcast. We like John Lester and the whole Absolutely. podcast. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, otherwise, there's just a dearth of Cubs news. They're not doing anything. Everything's kind of quiet. So I guess... Are we just going to have to sit a boring, you know, sit through a boring offseason and then 
God knows what kind of team we're going to have. Right. And it goes back to what I, I said earlier. You know, they, they, they've figured out, you know, they've built up and they've got all this money coming in around Wrigley Field, right? Mm-hmm. They've got the marquee network. So there's all this money coming in. And again, they don't have to field a competitive team. Like right now, who are your starters going to be? I mean, that's anybody's guess. It could be me. It could be you mm-hmm. at this point, right? Exactly. And uh, it, it's, it's cruel to the diehard fans mm-hmm. because even with last year making the playoffs and winning a division, yes, you still feel like, hey, you, we can, we've got one more shot, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you, as owners, you, well, as fans, you feel like the owners, let's ride this out for as long as exactly. we can before selling things off. And, mm-hmm. and oftentimes, they, uh, ownership of different teams, you know, you look at the Marlins, you know, oh, you yeah. win, and then it's like, pfft, you know, blow you blow it, it all up and, and you move on. And, and, and it sucks. It really does suck. Yes. Yeah, it's just, there's not more, much more I can add to it. That's why I haven't been having many podcasts this offseason because there's just not much Cub news to talk about. So, And, it, but, and it's all depressing. Exactly. <laughs> the, stuff, the stuff you get. You Darvish leaving, that's the frustrating thing is, yes. again, the team could have done something exactly. in 2021. You know, they it's not one like more year, yeah. that far away. Yeah, you bring in somebody, you try to you try to tinker with it, but mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. It, it, it's going to be a long, long, cruel summer, as the song says. Yes, that's right. So um, then, obviously, the other big story today is uh, the passing of the great Hank Aaron. I mean, you know, I'd say one of the greatest baseball players ever, but just, I mean, as an American, a great American, but you were talking about stuff on Twitter today that I found very interesting. This idea that Hank Aaron, quote, ignored racism during his career. And it was yeah, like- Jeff, Jeff Passon tweeted that out. Uh... Uh, earlier today that that's that's a mistake and that's kind of what happens mm-hmm. you know when we look back at like the Hank Aarons and Jackie Robinsons and what they did uh, like I said today I've been kind of preaching as I tend to do on Twitter yes. but uh, what Hank Aaron did you have to look at when he did it mm-hmm. right he starts his career in 1955 mm-hmm. you know a year uh, after Rosa Parks refuses to get up her give up her seat on the bus, mm-hmm. like that's the context that he yes. is coming up and, and working in. And then once you get into the seventies, uh, you know he saved all the hate mail he got. You know yes. people have been sharing things like that. Uh, it was the threat was real, yeah. right? It wasn't just like somebody on Twitter saying I'm going to kill you. Like no, no. this was just a few years after Martin Luther King Jr. had been. Shot and and all these civil rights folks had been shot. Churches had been bombed, mm-hmm. so the threat was absolutely real. And for him to go out and and perform like that, yes. you know, to me, his greatest attribute was his consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no sixty home run seasons. There's no there's no one season that just catches no. your eye, right? No. But it's just you do it for every day for twenty years. Mm-hmm. And you just look at his numbers, and it's unfortunate when you think of Hank Aaron. Most people go to 715, right? Yes. They go, they go right to 715. Yeah, they ignore like the RBIs there. and everything. Yeah. Exactly. You look at the rest of his stuff, number one in RBIs, number one in total bases. And it's mm-hmm. like, 
it's it's insane what he was able yes. to accomplish to be very good and excellent for so long. So mm-hmm. a tremendous loss for baseball. Yes. And I just like when those two guys, when he hit 714 or 715, and those two white guys ran up behind him, that was genuinely terrifying at the time. You didn't know was, what these guys was, were going to do. Right, right. And I talked to my dad about it, who is just a few years younger than, than uh, Hank Aaron. Just you, you didn't know. And that was the yeah. thing, you know, uh, you know, his kids had to go to a private school. He was coming in and out of the back of uh, of the uh, of the baseball stadiums and different things like that. I mean, the, the threat and all that was real. And those two guys, you didn't know, you know, you didn't know what they were going to do. Thankfully, nothing happened. But just because nothing happened doesn't mean the threat wasn't real. Exactly. Yeah. I just thought that was very interesting. And yeah. Hank Aaron's one of the greatest. So. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, um, just in baseball in general this year, what do you think about this very, very slow offseason that no one's signing anyone? You know, uh, the thing about baseball is when you look at the other professional leagues, baseball is notorious for the gap between management and, yeah. and labor. Right. Like, and I, and I think with major league baseball owners historically, and even today, you can't take what they say at face value. You know, as I said earlier, a lot of these teams are printing money, yes. you know, with their, with their TV and with their gate and, you know, with their, with their brands. Uh, so I don't want to say collusion because mm-hmm. I don't want to throw that out there, but it just seems weird that yes. even though we're in the COVID times, they're still bringing in money. You know, Fox mm-hmm. is still broadcasting. There's, there's still revenue coming in. Um, so, yeah, it's, like, so it's frustrating. Yeah, and other sports, NBA, football, they're still paying people. So it's not like other, you know, there's money out there. Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing about when you look at, at the NBA, uh, when the NBA, Major League Baseball were all trying to get through COVID, there was more of a partnership between the players and the yeah. league when you look at the NBA. Mm-hmm. Even the NFL, who was notorious for treating the players you know, like cattle, even they had to come to some agreement. But baseball just seemed kind of haphazard mm-hmm. because there's no trust. That's right. That, that's, that's the thing. is, And I don't think there ever will be because this goes back to, you know, the 1900s, you know, with the owners way back then. So uh, it's just weird. You don't see a lot of player movement. You don't see a lot of money going out. It's just weird. And again, I don't want to say collusion, but it's yeah. a definitely a weird thing to look at. It is fitting that you're wearing an Expos jersey when you're talking about collusion. I will say that. Well, you know, I was an Expos fan uh, because my professional teams, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles Lakers fan been that way since I was growing up but those teams were good in the 80s yes. when I was coming up so I needed a team to kind of latch on to that wasn't very good it was kind of out there mm-hmm. uh, I'm from I'm in uh, Louisville Kentucky and Cincinnati is close St. Louis is close but everybody was kind of Reds fans yeah, or yeah. Cardinals fans and I'm like I don't want to do that so yeah so I went with the Expos and the 94 strike they were mm-hmm. like six games up man they were gonna do it and then the strike happened, 
And, you know, eventually my ex, my beloved Expos went away. Yep. Well, I always kind of liked the Expos too. So I felt bad yeah. when they went away. Yeah. And, and a lot of great players played there. I mean, mm -hmm. Pedro won his first Cy Young, of course, you know, Marquise Grissom and mm -hmm. uh, Andre Dawson. I mean, a lot of oh, people, yeah. you know, Gary Carter, even Pete Rose is there for a couple mm -hmm. of years or whatever. So the Expos do have a baseball history. So, you know, I know they're talking about playing the Rays, you know, letting the Rays play there or however yeah, that was yeah, going, yeah. which, which was dumb. But yes, Montreal is a good baseball city. Yes, it is. All right. So um, you brought it up. I, I am also a Lakers fan. So mm -hmm. the Lakers are good again. And yes. I am very happy about it. But I thought Absolutely. we could talk about them for a minute. Yeah. You know, uh, again, like I said, I came up, I was born in 77. And so mm -hmm. as I was coming up, the Lakers and Magic were, mm -hmm. they were the show. And for me, I liked it because Magic always looked like he was having fun. Yeah, yeah. Like he was beating your brains in, mm -hmm. but he was doing it with a smile. He's passing. He had that ball on a yo-yo mm -hmm. kind of thing. And when I was younger, my dad, we went to uh, Philadelphia to watch mm -hmm. the uh, Sixers and the Lakers play. Yeah. It was Dr. J and Magic. And mm -hmm. I was just enamored by Magic. So I've been a Lakers fan. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know people give Lakers fans a hard time. Yes. But up until, you know, 2010, that last championship, and even right now, the Lakers have been in half of all the NBA finals. Yes. Like half of yes. all the NBA finals. You know, that would be like a, you know, if the Yankees had been in 60 World Series mm -hmm. or, you know, the Patriots had been in 25 or 26 Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. That's how ridiculous uh, it is. And so when they have the dip post Kobe mm -hmm. uh, and, and we're not very good. No. And people are making fun of Lakers. I'm like, Lakers fans aren't used to this. No, we're not. We're, 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 we're not used to winning 30 games. Like, no. you know, uh, I remember the one year, I think it was when Kobe tore his Achilles. Yeah. And they trotted out like Tariq Black, Robert Sack, right? Like, like oh, five yeah. dudes in the starting lineup. I'm like, who yeah, who are, are these, these guys? Like, I'm used to Wilt. I'm used to mm. Kareem, you know. Um mm -hmm. Aren't they going to make a trade? Like, yeah. Superstar? And, 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 and the front office doesn't know what to do. Mm -mm. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's, it's confusing. So a good book for every Lakers fan to read. It's, uh, it's, oh, I want to say, is it Jeff Perlman? Or is it Jack McCallum? I have to look that up, but there's a lake, a history of the Lakers okay. from uh, Minneapolis to LA. Wow. And so way back when, not to get too off the subject, you know, the Lakers were good in, in Minnesota, yes. right? With George Mike and they won four times. Very dominating, yeah. Right. So the uh, Dodgers move out west mm -hmm. and, and the Giants move out west. Mm -hmm. And up until that point in the NBA, Minnesota was considered west. Yeah. So the owner at the time said, hey, we're going to go to L.A. Whatever, yeah. Right. So they had Elgin Baylor, they get uh, Jerry West, they go out to L.A. And it was funny, some of these stories, like they had uh, Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, like they were opening up, they were at car washes. Yeah. They were 
doing all this stuff around LA because the Dodgers yeah. were the big deal, right? Mm -hmm. The Dodgers were the thing. And so the Lakers start playing. And of course, Elgin Baylor is one of those guys we forget about. He's yes. fantastic. And Jerry West is the logo, right? Mm -hmm. So they're good, but the owner, and I can't remember the owner at the time, mm -hmm. is, is giving away tickets to the Hollywood elite. Of course. Like the movers and shakers, hey, come on, come on. let's. Mm -hmm. And that's how L.A. is L.A., right? Like I said mm -hmm. earlier, the Lakers don't have to be good to make money. No, they don't. Right? Because Jack Nicholson's still going to be courtside. Mm -hmm. Denzel's still going to be there. Like your Hollywood people are still going to be there. Yeah. But that's how the Lakers sold themselves. Like, mm -hmm. hey, their whole thing is we're going to have two superstars at any given time. Yes. Like Baylor and West. You look at Chamberlain and West. Mm -hmm. You look at uh, Shaq and Kobe. Magic and Kareem, mm -hmm. and now uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. We're going to have two of the yes. five best players in the league, and we will figure it out. Yes. And, and that's that's how it works. And they always have the best yeah. big man. Right. You and, and that's the thing, too, is you look at the Lakers' big men, from Mikan mm -hmm. to Chamberlain to mm -hmm. Abdul-Jabbar to Shaq to Anthony Davis. That yes. is a murderer's row. Exactly. And so uh, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm talking too much. When you talk about the Lakers, man, I get excited. I know. So. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to tell you that, yeah. So I, I, my dad was a Laker fan. So I jumped in. And when I was born like 85, so when I really started watching them, I was in kind of a low, low period. Right. Like with um, Vladi and Cedric Zabalos and Eddie right. Jones. So I started out low. And then I got Shaq and Kobe, so, but yeah, so I was ready and, for. Yeah, and, and and so think about this. So I remember when Magic retired the first time, mm -hmm. November 7th, 1991, cried my eyes out because I thought Magic was going to die. Yes. So the Lakers are in the 91 playoffs or finals, lose to the Bulls, that mm -hmm. great Jordan team. Then Magic abruptly retires. Yes. And they're, they're only really bad for like 92, 93, because by, mm -hmm. by that time, that's when you get Nick Van Axel, Eddie Jones, yes, yes. Cedric Zabal. So they're still, they're back to being good. They're back to being mm -hmm. in the playoffs. And yes. then the summer of 96, you get Shaq, you draft yes. Kobe. So the, the, the Lakers, again, they've been very fortunate, mm -hmm. but they, but they know that it, it's LA. They know what yeah, they're they doing. They do. Yes. So, yeah. But anyway, I guess, this isn't really a Lakers podcast, but yeah, we broke up, dude. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, so I'm I'm glad that they're back. Uh, you know, winning in the bubble. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that game six, that second quarter yes. was. It's one of those rare things you we watch sports because you want to see something special, mm -hmm. and that was, you yes. know, that was that was special. Well, speaking of. Anthony Davis, I'll let you plug um, your uh, podcast about the University <laughs> of Kentucky. Get yeah, I, I do. I do a Kentucky podcast because whatever Anthony Davis is doing, let me put mm -hmm. it. You know, we we loved him first here in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. uh, I do a podcast. It's called Cats Talk Wednesday. We cover mm -hmm. uh, University of Kentucky mainly, but we'll bring other people. We'll we'll, we'll bring other folks on. We've had 
uh, Sinbad on. Mm. We've had, you know, uh, Lee Steinberg, the, uh, wow. the sports agent on. So we've been very fortunate. But doing it seven years. That's crazy. Um, but, yeah, you can uh, follow uh, the show account. It's at Cats Talk W-E-D. Mm-hmm. And we do that once a week. And it's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. Yep. And where can the people follow you on Twitter? It's uh, at T Brown underscore. Got to put the little underscore in there. Mm-hmm. 80. That's 80. And that's for Jerry Rice, my favorite athlete of all time. So, yep. yeah, you get me talking about Jerry Rice, I can give you about 25 minutes without breaking a sweat. So, <laughs> well, that's the, that's my weird uh, sports fandom is two Chicago teams, hockey and, and baseball, and then two LA teams. Lakers and the Rams. So see that, yeah, yeah, and, and it's crazy when you're on the this side of the country trying to root for a West Coast team because those late night games, man, those games start late. Woo! I tell yeah. you, it's tough. Well, I'm glad to have you on here. It was just fun and yeah, yeah thank back you. On during the season and yeah, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Uh, you can follow me at STH85 on Twitter. Um, The podcast, you can subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or Stitcher or get it off SoundCloud or, you know, if there's somewhere you'd want to get it off that you can't get it off right now, just send me a message and I'll try to get it on that platform. Um, You can email at holycowpod at gmail.com. And please, you know, if you do subscribe or just want to, can you rate and review my podcast? And, you know, it really helps to get those positive ratings. And I will be back at some point this off season. The Cubs actually do something. Or even if they don't eventually. But until the next episode, go Cubs.